Hey, Bettys. Welcome to the Better Podcast. It's your host, Dr. Stephanie. It is geeky magic time where I step away from the interviews and just talk to you. It's just going to be me and you today. And these episodes, I'm going to bring you personal insights, frequently asked questions, topic du jour in a more condensed, quick, and actionable way. I go hard on the geek, wrap it up with sprinkles and magic for you to do and be better. I get a lot of questions about how to ease perimenopause and menopause symptoms. And here's a really simple answer for you. Take a good mineral supplement. Your body loses a ton of minerals as you transition through perimenopause and menopause and mineral deficiencies make a lot of the common symptoms worse. For example, if you're struggling with poor sleep, fatigue, joint pain, hot flashes, or any other side effects that are wearing you down, you might think about giving Beam Minerals a try. Their full-spectrum mineral supplement contains every single mineral that you lose during perimenopause and menopause, and there is a meaningful dose here with close to 100% bioavailability. All you have to do is take a shot of liquid every morning to replenish your mineral stores and ease the symptoms that you might be experiencing. Beam Minerals just taste like water, and you'll feel the difference within a few days. Head over to beamminerals.com and use the code BETTER for 20% off. Hey, hey, Bettys. Welcome to Geeky Magic. Today, we are talking all about breathwork and some of the cognitive, hormonal, physical balances that it can impart. And if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, of course, you know that we've had breathwork facilitators on the show. We had Samantha Skelly on, we had Jennifer Mansell, which we'll make sure that we link out in the show notes for you to have a listen. But one of the things I wanted to get into was some of the mechanistic benefits. Like what, I know that it seems like breathwork is sort of this relatively new, um, wellness practice in the West, but it's actually been around for thousands of years uh, in the in Eastern culture, in the Eastern part of the world. And I want to talk about some of the physical changes, some of the physiological benefits that we can expect from breath work. Now, of course, at its you know, 30,000 foot view, uh, you know, from the forest, from the trees kind of view, breathwork is basically teaching you to manipulate your breath rate and the depth of your breathing with the goal of, of course, bringing awareness to your breath and ultimately providing you with some of the benefits that we're going to discuss um, that you might get from a meditative practice or even psychedelic drugs. And as I mentioned, this has its roots in, you know, thousands of years, um, in the West, uh, in the East rather, where, um, you may, you might look at, uh, prana, the foundation of the pranayama breathwork practice dating back to ancient India, um, which basically means sacred life force in Sanskrit. It's also very popular in, uh, traditional yoga practices and, and, and modern yoga as well. Similar concept, if you've been trained in traditional Chinese medicine, um, they describe something called qi, which is basically the cosmic essence of, 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 of life. Uh, Japanese also have a very similar word, qi, uh, and this, this also um, is around this sacred life force. And the majority of breathwork, irrespective of its origin, right, whether it's India or China or uh, Japanese origin, the the 
point is to move your breath and to therefore move energy through the body. And most formal practices you'll notice are anywhere from 20 minutes to even an hour of sustained rhythmic breathing technique. Um, And people who practice these breathwork techniques often describe feeling lightheaded. They feel tingling sensations throughout their body, uh, feelings of clarity, feelings of calmness, alertness, um, an increased mind-body connection, emotional purging. That's something that I've actually uh, experienced quite a bit in my breathwork practice is stuff that I have been pushing down or ignoring. I It uh, comes to the surface so that I can metabolize it and get rid of it. So what are some of the different types of breathwork? There are lots. We've talked about this on previous podcasts, but I wanted to introduce a couple of really easy ones that even if you're not quite ready to jump into a breathwork class, uh, these are some things that you can practice on um, your own. They're fairly basic and easy. You can do them by yourself. Um, Others do require uh, a practitioner to help facilitate the class. Um, And uh, some of them are, as I mentioned, from that pranayama um, origin. Uh, Some of them, you'll see them in kundalini yoga. And I have to say, every time I've done kundalini, I've literally felt like high afterwards. Um, And then there's also holotropic breathwork as well, which is accelerated breathing uh, and meditative music um, as well. So let's talk about a couple of the different breathing exercises, and then we'll talk about mechanism, like what's actually happening in the body. So the first is called box breathing. And this is uh, a lot of times, a lot of um, health practitioners who are looking to help augment your mental health, your feelings of calmness, um, will, they will talk about this idea of box breathing. So you visual, if you kind of visualize a square shape, uh, and focusing on that. So you might inhale for a count of four, and then you hold your breath for a count of four and then exhale for a count of four. And then you hold your breath for a count of four before taking your nether, your next inhale. So there's an inhale, hold, exhale, hold for, um, equidistant or equal parts of time. That's box breathing. I do that quite often when I'm feeling anxious, when I'm feeling nervous, when I'm feeling scared. Um, I will get a really comfortable blanket, close my eyes, hands on my belly, and I'll do a couple of box breaths. And it really does make quite a big difference. The other one I really like is diaphragmatic breathing. And I talk a little, a lot about diaphragmatic breathing. First, the diaphragm being the uppermost or uh, most rostral part of the core, um, with the most caudal part, of course, being the perineum. But taking a breath from your diaphragm, um, allows for expansion, not only in the lower lobes of the lungs, but also in the coronal plane. So we have this, um, uh, pardon me, in the, um, in the sagittal plane. So we have this, um, expansion from the front as well as the back as well. So diaphragmatic breathing is not just about expanding the core from the front, but it's also about inhaling through the lungs into the back as well. And probably the easiest way to get comfortable with diaphragmatic breathing is to lie down on your back so that you have that actual, uh, you have that physical feedback from the floor. If you're, uh, if you're doing it properly, Knees bent, uh, one hand on the chest, one hand on the belly, and 
inhaling, feeling the, feeling the belly rise. And this is really important for women because a lot of times women, we sort of suck in and hold our bellies all day long, but you want to soften the belly, allow the belly to rise so that your diaphragm can move downwards. Um, and then you also want to feel yourself almost expanding from the floor because you want to be expanding and using the diaphragm from all planes, both the front and the back. So usually I will, uh, recommend that you inhale, uh, hold the breath at the top and then exhale, allowing for the belly to, uh, and the chest to fall as well. And I always like to cue, particularly with diaphragmatic breathing, that the chest should be the last thing to rise. It should be the belly first and then the chest should match. And then as you exhale, it should be the belly first and then the chest should follow as well. Uh, another one that I, uh, that I've fallen in love with, um, is alternate nostril breathing. <laughs> this is, um, known as, uh, I'm going to totally kill this name. I apologize, uh, to those who know Sanskrit, but Nadi Shodana in Sanskrit, it's also, uh, originates from pranayama breathing. And this is, uh, strategically closing one nostril uh, at a time and uh, breathing in through either the right nostril or the left nostril. Uh, some really interesting studies that have noted that this can, this type of alternate nostril breathing can reduce some baseline markers of anxiety. And it is, um, you know, it can be done anywhere. It can be done at home. It can be done on the subway. It can be done in your car at a red light. Um, so for example, you might take your right hand in front of your face, uh, and your right thumb will close your right nostril and then you'll inhale through your left nostril. And then of course, uh, plug it shut with the right ring finger. And then you, uh, then both nostrils should be plugged at the top of the breath. Now open your right nostril and exhale through that side. So you're sort of alternating, uh, inhaling and exhaling. Um, and this is, um, this is, this is usually what makes me feel quite high actually. So whenever I do this alternate nostril breathing, um, I definitely feel, or the, or the breathing of fire that you'll find, uh, the ring of fire breathing that you find in, in, uh, in Kundalini, this is, uh, the stuff that makes you, makes you feel a little bit high. It feels really nice. And of course it's free, it's breath. It's not like you're taking, uh, medicines to initiate it or, or anything like that. So those are some of the basic types of breath work, um, that you can do at home, but let's talk a little bit about what it's actually doing. So, um, some of the, some of the benefits of breath work are improving your blood pressure, um, improving your time in deep sleep or those who suffer with post-traumatic stress disorder can really help center you. It helps to strengthen your respiratory function. Uh, it helps to activate your immune system and of course, release stress hormones from your body. And Lord only knows, goddess only knows how much we are holding on to uh, in terms of stress in our modern um, life. And some of the emotional benefits um, I've been sort of alluding to these, but, you know, fewer feelings of anxiety, you know, better mental focus, being able to focus on what's important and being able to release the things that are not, uh, decreasing addictive behaviors. And when I say addictive behaviors, we can be, we can be referring to some of the more, uh, 
addictive behaviors that society shuns, but also I would offer, you know, scrolling on Instagram, uh, all day long or finding, you know, uh, catastrophic information from the news. That's also an addictive behavior. So your, your willingness or your development in self agency also improves as well. Um, and then your ability to experience joy and contentment, which I think is also so important in 2021 and 2022 and beyond. I think that we really need to be, uh, we need to be doubling down on joy. Sodium is an essential nutrient involved in the maintenance of normal cellular balance, the regulation of fluid and electrolytes and your blood pressure. Start your morning right with a refreshing salty tonic of LMNT. It's spring season now, which means I will be enjoying watermelon or grapefruit salt on ice, and it is a fabulous way to balance stress hormones and make sure that I am maximizing my muscle gains. Element T also has a no questions asked refund policy. Try watermelon or any flavor that you want, and if you don't like it, they will refund your money no questions asked, and you don't even need to return the box. Head over to drinklmnt.com forward slash Dr. Estima. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T.com forward slash D-R-E-S-T-I-M-A. And you will get a free LMNT sample pack with any purchase. So what does it do? Well, one of the first things that it does is it alkalizes your blood pH. So what we're, what's happening through this rhythmic breathing, this sustained rhythmic breathing is there's a shift in the blood pH that follows almost like a hyperventilation. And this is called uh, respiratory alkalosis. And what we know is that when you are taking oxygen in during the inhale and getting rid of CO2 with every exhale, the faster that you take those breaths, the more we get rid of more carbon dioxide or more CO2. And of course, carbon dioxide is acidic. It's an acidic uh, molecule. So you can think of hyperventilating almost as getting rid of acid in the blood and shifting to a higher um, or more alkaline um, pH. And if you remember from middle school um, physics, and I know that I have my son is going through this right now. He just did his acid and bases unit that of course, the higher your pH, the more alkaline. Uh, and of course, the lower your pH, the more acidic. And the more that you can offload carbon dioxide, the more alkaline your blood is going to be. Hence the term respiratory alkalosis. And of course, following that, that high feeling that some people experience like myself during breath work can be explained through respiratory alkalosis, through that hyperventilation and that increasing pH in the blood. Now, of course, increased blood pH also decreases oxygen delivery to the tissue. This is a phenomenon called uh, the Bohr effect. So uh, hemoglobin's oxygen binding capacity or affinity is inversely related to both the acidity of the blood and to the concentration of carbon dioxide in the blood. So with one minute of hyperventilation, the blood vessels in the brain constrict, reducing blood flow and oxygen delivery to the brain by about 40%. And this is probably responsible for the, for the, that high that you feel, um, during, you know, Kundalini or that alternate nostril breathing that I was talking about, um, because you are offloading, uh, your hemoglobin's oxygen binding capacity is being affected by the carbon dioxide concentration in the blood. 
And lots of studies that support um, in terms of marked benefits to your mental health. Um, there was a study, I'll link it in the show notes, uh, by Yale, uh, Yale University. Students who participated in yoga and a breathwork program self-reported improvements in stress depression and had a positive, um, affect, uh, in terms of mindfulness and social connectedness. And this study, this, in, this in particular, this study compared the breathwork program to an emotional intelligence pr- program for which the students, uh, only reported mindfulness as the benefit. Now, In both cases, I'm going to say mindfulness is always a great benefit to have, but they didn't, the, the, the students who participated in the breath work on top of the emotional, um, intelligence program also noted improvements in their stress, their mental affect, their social connectedness, their ability to feel calm within their body. And it seems as though adding in breath work has a positive effect on your overall mental health. A couple other things it does that I think are really cool, increases your muscle tone. So again, it comes back to that respiratory alkalosis. When the blood becomes more alkaline, a few things happen. First, when we look at um, calcium ions floating around in the blood, they basically, they go into hiding uh, and they bind onto um, large uh, proteins uh, in the blood called albumin. Now, what happens when the, the calcium binds to albumin is now your body is experiencing a transient uh, low calcium state, which causes increased firing um, in the sensory and motor neurons. So, um, some, sometimes, and this is uh, true if you have ever done breath work and you've sort of had like the claw hands, uh, I've certainly experienced this or my feet will sort of curl. Um, and this is, uh, this is, a, um, this can manifest as, as tingling, like right? you can get like sort of tingling sensations, uh, smooth muscle contractions, uh, increased muscle tone, uh, usually in the extremities. That's usually where we notice it, um, first. And, um, in addition, of course, the diaphragm, uh, which is a muscle that's, you know, responsible for 80% of your breathing, um, is also a way to tone your diaphragm. And I've talked about this with uh, my conversation with James Nestor. Diaphragmatic breathing is very, very important, particularly when we look at, um, in acute, for example, in acute respiratory distress syndrome, the standard protocol for these patients when they're having an attack is to flip them on their stomach so that they can diaphragmatically breathe. So you want to be thinking about toning your diaphragm, whether that's sleeping on your stomach, which I've talked about in my book through breath work, uh, through this, uh, calcium mechanism that I have, uh, described, um, and also just working on consciously contracting the diaphragm so that we see that expansion, uh, in different planes of movement as well. Breathwork also has an anti-inflammatory effect. Okay. So, um, when you are in that hypervent, when you are, um, hyperventilating, you're putting yourself into that respiratory alkalosis, the neurons in your nervous system are going to be firing more. Uh, and this will, uh, release something called epinephrine. Um, also, you know, an analog to that would be called adrenaline, same hormone, just different area of the body where it's released. Um, and epinephrine surges, uh, cause the innate immune system to increase anti-inflammatory activity. So it dampens pro-inflammatory activity, uh, and enhances 
anti-inflammatory um, activity. So really, really, um, uh, really, really cool stuff, I think. And then the last piece that I want to uh, share with you in terms of physiological benefits is it, of course, improves blood pressure and circulation. Okay. So uh, again, more studies that support um, an increase in blood pressure with regular breathwork classes. So a couple things, um, sort of some final thoughts on this. Um, Breathwork involves obviously manipulating your breath rate to change how you're feeling. Several types of breathwork practices that we've talked about, some ranging from like fairly basic stuff that you can do at home to others requiring a facilitator to guide you. Uh, lots of benefits that we've talked about today, respiratory alkalosis, improving muscle tone, anti-inflammatory um, effects, improving blood circulation and blood pressure, and improving, maybe most importantly, your, your resilience, your mental health, and your stress. Now, if you are interested in doing more with breath work. One of the things that we are doing inside Hello Betty headquarters is we are having an entire month of breath work. Now, if you don't know about Hello Betty, I talk about it a lot. It's my baby. I love it. And this is where I will fight for women like you who want to live better in all facets. So of course we talk about hormones, we talk about weight training, we talk about weight loss, we talk about nutrition. And breathwork is the piece of the puzzle that I think everybody should know how to do. So I have hired a breathwork facilitator. It's actually Jennifer Mansell, who's been on the um, show before. And she is going to be running us through a month's worth of breathwork. So, and they're all going to be recorded. So if you can't come to the live class, you'll have access to it afterwards and you can repeat those classes as often as you need to. So if you're interested in learning more, there'll be a clickable link in the show notes. All you have to do is go to hellobetty.club forward slash Betty breathwork. And again, the clickable link will be in the show notes to find out more. And this is something that I think is in addition to psychedelics, uh, which we've also talked about on the show, which is not accessible to everybody because it can be expensive if you, especially if you're doing it in, in alignment with the maps protocol, this is something that's relatively low cost. So the only thing you're really paying for here is the facilitator. Um, but you can do this at home. You don't need special equipment. You just need a blanket and a floor, um, and the teacher. So please head over to Betty Breathwork to find out more. And I'm really excited to bring this, uh, really, really excited to bring this to the Betty community. So hope to see you, hope to see you there. All right. All right. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and I must give you the obligatory legal and medical disclaimer here. This podcast better with Dr. Stephanie is for general information only and the advice recommendations we discuss do not replace medicine, chiropractic, or any other primary healthcare providers, advice, treatment, or care. In the consumption of this podcast, there is no doctor-patient relationship that has been formed and the use and implementation of the information discussed are at the sole discretion of the listener. 
The information and opinions shared on this podcast are not intended to be a substitute for primary care, diagnosis, or treatment. In other words, guys, be smart about this. Take it with a grain of salt. Take this information to your primary health care provider and have a discussion with him or her to make the best choice that is for you. Remember, I'm a doctor, but I am not your doctor. And these conversations are meant for educational purposes only. 